0: all right welcome back to sycamore 223 today's january 24th um and we suck at technology isn't that right jesse i mean the fact that
1: you group yourself into that is admirable
0: Um, i mean it's your fault that we're re-recording today Because you deleted the audio or whatever the hell happened. It's both of our faults that we just spent the last two and a half hours trying to figure out how to record on two
1: mics. So hopefully, if you're hearing this, this will be episode two. Uh, We've recorded probably about eight hours of audio in the last two weeks. And we have like an hour and a half actually up on the internet. Because I deleted literally six and a half hours worth of content (laughs) over the last two weeks. We record this pod on, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday. And uh, Ryan left and we were like in our zone feeling it. He leaves uh, and I overrode the file name. And i honestly understand don't understand how you even did that to be honest <sighs> i want to say it's because i'm not a mac guy and i was using my roommate's mac to record this no that's a Terrible but excuse. i think it's really just because i'm a fucking idiot <laughs> so uh then we come over to ryan's apartment speaking of like we record our first couple of episodes in my living room and then we come to ryan's place in, in grapevine and it's just like night and day, he is a grown ass man living in a grown <laughs> ass man's apartment. And then like my apartment, there's like it's just like a dungeon. There's a dartboard, holes so when in the you wall. Lived,
0: when you live the kind of life that I live, you have to surround yourself he, with sophistication and just appealing, eye appeasing type type decor. Before, also, my girlfriend is an interior designer, so that helps.
1: Before we went on, Ryan uh, put or turned on two lamps, not one, but two lamps. And lit a candle. Paris Cafe. It's a fucking Paris Cafe. Literally there. polar opposites. The fact that we're friends just somehow escapes me. But uh... it smells good, doesn't it? It smells like amazing. a fresh, a it's, fresh croissant and maybe a, a nice espresso. I can dig it. I can. Yeah. Dig, whereas my apartment smells like cat piss like, and sadness, like piss, Lone Star beer, and and. Which some, some could argue it's, that. Your,
0: your apartment smells like the city of Houston. Mine smells like, like Paris, France. So
1: just a bunch of daisies. It's <laughs> like a, a fresh garden <laughs> of All right, sorry, of roses. I'm sorry, I won't, I won't bring it up. So the Super Bowl matchup, it's set after the AFC and NFC Championship games on Sunday. We have Chiefs versus 49ers in the Super Bowl, which should be this weekend. However, we get... No Super Bowl,
0: but we get the fucking Pro Bowl. Yeah, and the Pro Bowl festivities at this point are already off and, off and, running. Off and running. And I haven't tuned in to ESPN at all, but I've seen the clippets and stuff on, on Twitter. And Not it, missing much, man.
1: It's a shit show. It, it, the it Pro Bowl a, fucking sucks. We'll get into that later. but We let's, really will. Let's start with the AFC Championship game. I think both of us wanted... The Chiefs to come out on top in this one, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, obviously, you know, it's it's five days removed. If you haven't, if you haven't, you know, tuned into ESPN or been living under the rock for, or excuse me, been living under a rock for the last five days, uh, the Chiefs beat the Titans 35 to 24. Uh, Ryan, what was your takeaway from the game?
0: Uh, my takeaway is that Patrick Mahomes is the he's the best quarterback in the league. He had had a fantastic game, and it, it was pretty much his to showcase those abilities and when it got down to it the titans really didn't stand a chance once things got rolling they started off really hot the game plan seemed to be working but once Mahomes and companies started rolling it was it was all but over
1: the Titans, i think took a 10 nothing lead uh you know and we sort of called this on last week's episode if the titans were going to win this game or if they were going to compete in this game they had to go on several like eight minute nine minute drives uh you know and, and use their workhorse Derrick Henry, just chew clock, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, keep KC's defense on the field. And for the first half they executed that game plan. But once Mahomes got, you know, got locked in, I feel like Rabel and the Titans kind of went away from that, deviated a little bit. Uh, in I mean, for the most part, Kansas City kept Derrick Henry relatively in check.
0: Yeah, that game plan where, like we talked about um, last week in our unreleased mystery episode, um, the game plan for them was eat the clock, control the field, and the time with Derrick Henry, and hopefully, you know, the, it's a relatively low-scoring game. The problem with that game plan is that the Chiefs can score at will, essentially, and right. in a really short snippets of time. So it's it's almost impossible for
1: them to have played them that way with the Chiefs not laying an egg. Credits to the Titans, they looked better than I expected them to. I think honestly even though I I said if one of the games was going to be close, it would probably be this one, but uh even a 35-24, so 11 point margin of victory. If you're watching that first half, you're like okay, I feel like this might come down to the last score. Uh but like I said Mahomes, man, he finished with over 350 all 350 all purpose yards. 300 of that coming through the air, four total touchdowns. And that touchdown run was, that was awesome. Amazing. Easily, easily the best play just, of the game. Like you, you broke it down really well earlier this week, but it's just like, you know, Mahomes doing stuff. He's so versatile and just like so effective, is, not only he, through the air, but on the ground. He takes
0: off to his non dominant side, and you think, okay, they got him cornered. He's probably going to throw it away, but he somehow manages to pull off just a magical head fake and take it up the field for 30 yards. Including some physicality around the four yard line that got him in the end zone, and it was like, holy crap! This this guy has literally every skill set imaginable.
1: Let me ask you this: this time last year, Kansas City was unable to advance to the Super Bowl. You know, uh, sort of because of I don't want to say because of D. Ford, but if he doesn't jump off sides there, I think Casey's Yeah, they were on. one pretty glaring mistake away from, um, from it. But What's the difference between this team and last year's team, if there is any? I don't really think there's too much of a
0: difference as far as talent goes. Like you alluded to, the D4 mistake was all that was really in their way from going to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, he goes off not all his fault. You know, you can't just put blame on one guy. But they go into overtime because of it. And the Pats win the coin toss. They go down and score a touchdown, game over. Patrick Mahomes doesn't even really have a chance to touch the ball so they could go into the offseason thinking we had that shit like we're good enough to be there and the confidence remains instead of a deflating type loss where they start questioning their abilities and their game plan so Mahomes comes off an MVP season and he he does Mahomes things again despite pretty brutal injuries they add McCole Hardman which was the only real change you know Tyreek Hill was back Kelsey was back and they just ran it back and it worked and this time all the kind of sloppy mistakes were in the beginning of the game, and by the end of the game, they were a, a smooth oiled machine. Andy Reid had all his timeouts at the end of the game. That's unheard of for Andy Reid. So. You get three
1: extra points for having all three timeouts, right? <laughs> you, you should. <laughs> and now we get to see Andy Reid go to Miami and rock Hawaiian t-shirts. God, it's be I awesome. cannot wait for that. Cannot um, wait. Really, what I think it boils down to is that Kansas City had a bit of an easier path to the Super Bowl this year. Um, they, you know, they played Houston uh last last week or i guess not at this point almost two weeks ago and we both watched that game together which was an absolute dumpster fire because the texans as we all know were in control and just did proceed to give up seven straight touchdowns uh then you know they faced this tennessee titans team that you know they they made a nice little run they looked like they could potentially be like a cinderella team but at the end of the day Kansas City is just infinitely more talented than Tennessee. Last year, uh, they had to play Indianapolis, which is a sixth seed, so nobody gives a shit. But, you know, I really think the fact that Tom Brady and the Patriots were not facing the AFC Championship game, once they saw the Pats get eliminated, I'm sure Andy Reid and the Chiefs— it took a huge sigh of relief.
0: He probably did one of these little <laughs> crosses Praised and, all that is and holy. prayed to whatever God that he, that he prays. And then he to. housed a
1: couple of cheeseburgers in celebration. Yeah,
0: Cause there is the, that is a good point because playing Brady and the Pats in that game, even if they're not the best team remaining talent wise, they do have that lore where it's like, this is their territory. They didn't have to go to Foxborough. They're playing in Kansas city. Like right. it's it seemed to be all set up for them this year. Um, to get back, and I'm I'm happy for Andy Reid. I th- I like Andy Reid. Yeah, so me too. I'm pretty, I'm pretty glad he's back in the Super Bowl because if he wins, he's sure fire Hall Fame,
1: and he sh- he should be regardless. But that first, you need that one Super you Bowl need, to you really cement your legacy to kind
0: of kind of squash the oh, is he or is he right, not exactly? Because I mean,
1: if you don't win that ring, it's always a conversation piece. Like yeah. last night, I was watching. NBA tonight, and, and uh, Charles Barkley was getting all pissed off because they were they were ribbing him for not. Yeah. he never won a championship. He never won the big one, and he's so far removed from his career now, and it's still a topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. You Dan gotta Mar- win the rings. That's we we're, that's we were how talking. Greatness is judged. Talking about uh, Dan Marino earlier this week, how he's such a little dickhead. Mm-hmm. And it's because he just got like that. If, you
0: know, if Dan Marino wins the Super Bowl, he's the happiest guy on earth. Right he's not now, he's just a jaded asshole. Now he's old and has a ton of regrets. So, <laughs>
1: but, but like I said, both of us, I feel like if you're a football fan unless you're a Titans fan, you probably wanted to see Kansas City move on. You know, every single NFL exec was just over the moon that they didn't have to market Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry (laughs) versus Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They absolutely
0: abused the King Henry graphics and stuff during the game, which they were fine,
1: but another week of that would have made me go insane. Yeah, absolutely. So, NFC, not too much to talk about here. Absolute just boring boring matchup uh, it's 49ers from the jump just looked like the better team mm-hmm. and it wasn't even a conversation Aaron Rodgers looked just completely lost uh, the packers just came out flat and they stayed flat they you know scored a couple i think Rodgers finished with two touchdowns to go along with two interceptions in the, the game but if you're looking at his post game statistics it doesn't really tell the story of the game because it was the first half was just like just almost unwatchable. Yeah. And I, I feel like this happens quite frequently. You get, you know, one okay championship game and then the other one can just be like a complete clusterfuck. Just the dud. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I was watching it at a bar and we were shooting texts back and forth because we both had money on Green Bay. I had Green Bay all over the goddamn board. I lost every penny. Tragic. I'm so sorry for you. I really am. I truly am. You're looking at me like you want to kill me, but I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> very, very sorry. It's uh, fine. <laughs> but, it's fine. It's it's just my rant. Just the, the, the <laughs> icing on the cake is even after suffering uh defeat in the championship game, Aaron Rodgers still has time to throw shade at former coach Mike McCarthy. I thought that was awesome.
0: People hate Aaron Rodgers so much. I'm I like how he's a sassy little bitch sometimes and he really throws shade and just is just kind of like an arrogant douche and he knows it and he plays up to it. And I, I value self awareness in people. So if 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 he's playing the role and he's full into this like yeah it's a turning heel this, this is who
1: i am yeah. like i'm all about it okay i dig it <laughs> uh but 49ers uh the thing that made this game even though it was a very impressive win by San Francisco the way they won it which was on the ground basically took the ball out of their starting quarterback's hands did not really play with any ingenuity or like Shanahan didn't have to dig too deep in the playbook which is going to bode well for them going into this week yeah. because they didn't have to show their hand. Uh, but that made it a very boring game to watch because it was a relatively unknown running back, Raheem Mostert, who finished with 200 yards and like four touchdowns. this was incredible. And, you know, I admitted this to you last week. I, I, I looked over to you. And I'm like, hey, dude, I have to be very straight with you for like 10 seconds. And you have to be completely honest with me. Did you know who Raheem Mostert was before this weekend? And you're like, yeah, because you were in a very competitive fantasy football league, so he was always on the waiver wire and getting dropped and waived and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. People people knew
0: who he was, but they didn't know he was like 200-plus and four touchdowns good. The people who drafted him in in this league wish this kind of performance showed up during the the
1: season. He popped— Unbelievable. His his stats popped— pop up, I guess it was like the third quarter. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, I, I you know, I knew the name. I just, it just came out of nowhere. This yeah, absolutely came out of nowhere. At
0: this point of the, of the game it was it was out of reach, you know, it's the night game. So I was doing other stuff around the house with mm-hmm. the TV on in the background. And every time I seemed to look at it, it was just Raheem running it in the end zone. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here, man? So credit to Shanahan for just driving the point home and not fixing what ain't broke. At one point, um the broadcast mentioned that Jimmy G had to throw the ball in like an hour and a half. It was it was crazy. He finished with what? Seventy seven yards, seventy seven like yards, that. somewhere around there. Which like is, six completions. Which is like a, a game planner's dream if if you're winning the Super Bowl and you're going and or if you're winning the, the conference championship game and you have the Super Bowl next, you you didn't you didn't
1: show a single thing that you planned to do. The thing I was most impressed by with the 49ers is the the Packers have a pretty weak run defense. I mean, like, relatively. I think they're ranked, like, 19th or 20th in terms of yards per game. But Shanahan recognized a weakness and exploited it, and they just ran the ball down their throats with it. Like I said, a relatively unknown journeyman of a running back. And it's just – it was very impressive to watch. Obviously, Shanahan is one of the best young coaches in the league, if not the best. I mean, the conversation – in that conversation is obviously McVay. But after – this, I think Shanahan has longer legs. In ter- well, his career is going to have longer legs, and he's going to do more uh, than McVay, especially after this year, because yeah. Shanahan is always innovating, and that's McVay's downfall. That, I think that's is, the big,
0: Yeah, that's the big difference, is Kyle Shanahan has more of like creative diversity in his game plans, and, whereas Sean McVay kind of runs everything out of that same setup, and it's easy to figure out.
1: My favorite part is after scored the three game, points in a Super Bowl. Whew, <laughs> speak, uh, please, for the love of God. Please, for the love of God football gods if you're listening make this a more exciting super bowl than last year it because, will be i'm i'm fully uh, confident thousand uh, percent we'll break down the super bowl next week just because like i said the nfl gives you know uh, gives us a week break and you know i guess we're supposed to bide our time with the fucking pro bowl but now here they're there my favorite part about the game uh, and we'll wrap up was afterwards a reporter asked you know about jimmy g's like I don't exactly know how you phrased the question, but it was something like you you know you didn't utilize him. is that concerning for you and shanahan just like hit him back with, like, why would we have to use him? We didn't <laughs> yeah, need right. to like we did, a scoreboard, my guy did you and not- b did you not see what my backup running back just did we all over this scored defense we
0: scored like 30 points without throwing the football. <laughs> like,
1: what do you want us to do? just just <laughs> absolute. If you're Shanahan, like you just gotta like walk out and just like yeah, boom, bitches playing chess <laughs> while you fuckers are playing checkers. It was full slam, so done. impressive. All right, any more closing thoughts before we move on? Um,
0: just that this is the best matchup I think in the Super Bowl that we've had in a few years. I can't and, um,
1: remember being more excited. I can't. I can't remember the last time I was this excited about the. I mean, matchup. I'm excited
0: every time the Pats make it, so it's like every other year. I'm pretty
1: pumped, but it's fun to go into
0: this as a pure football fan and just. See two great teams face off against each other and really just appreciate the game, the ingenuity and and all that stuff. Because I, I mean, I assume we're gonna be back next year. So,
1: who, who's gonna be back next year? The the, the goat, the goat and the goat, the goat who the can't double goat. Do a football anymore?
0: He, he can throw the football fine. He didn't
1: Shit. have any weapons. Shit. So sidebar, you know how you know I started getting back on the dime and whatnot. Uh, Get back on out, the diet. Getting back on the diet, Perhaps working out, guy. you know, trying to trying to shed a few pounds before uh, pool and beach season. But I'm doing like the opposite the TV plan or the tb twelve plan, whatnot. Eating all the nightshades, all the strawberries, and I feel fantastic. I got to say. So I don't know what that dude's doing. <laughs> he's winning Super Bowls. <laughs> well, not this year. He's the greatest of all time. All right, moving on. If you have not watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary, uh, it's I believe it's it's titled Killer Inside. The Mind of Aaron Hernandez. It's a three-part series on Netflix. Both you and I have watched this. Uh, and it's one of those. And I think we had this same experience. I flipped it on a, on a Friday night, 5 p.m. I didn't realize it was three parts. I had plans at 7. I had canceled those plans because I got <laughs> in, in two episodes. And I'm like, I, I just got to finish
0: it. Yeah, you can't you can not not finish it. I I knew it was three episodes. And when I sat down, I fully intended to watch all three of them. Um, it was great. It was very well it was done. So well done. There was an interesting cast of characters that they somehow brought in to get interviewed from his high school teammate slash love interest to the uh, the if I'm blanking, what's who? Who's the guy that he killed? Odin Lloyd. Odin Lloyd's teammate from a semi-pro team, mm-hmm. and
1: it was just fantastic. It was it it, it, it showcased. Both sides. It gave everybody a platform if they wanted a platform. Obviously, um, uh, Aaron Hernandez's former fiance uh, did not want to take part in this. So no. she didn't – I would have loved to get her in front of a camera. But besides she, that, it was very extensive and very was, thorough.
0: What was interesting about that is she didn't want to get involved in the documentary. But they had so much audio mm-hmm. from their jailhouse right. calls that they didn't really even need her. Yeah
1: to get in there. It might've ruined
0: it if she was in there. Who I, knows? Hope th-
1: I hope they approached her. And when she said, no, uh, you know, I don't want to be involved. And they were just like, you're, you're going to be involved. Like this is, he- this has like you, you're in the spread throughout the entirety of it. You're in, the co- you're in the court footage. You're in the audio. You're in everything. So why don't you come on so you can get, or you can tell us your side of the story. But it, I mean, is it there, it would have been smart for her to, it would have been, maybe, uh, obviously but. she doesn't have a publicist, which I mean, if if I was her, I'd that'd be my first move. After all this went down, I'd hire a P, like PR or you know somebody to tell me, all right, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. But obviously, the woman, and I, I understand she went through uh, you know a terrible experience. I did find myself feeling bad for her in some. Context. Yeah, the, so if you don't know the story, uh, Aaron Hernandez gunned down this this uh, this uh, what did they call it? Semi pro uh, football player, Odin Lloyd. Over some just like some stupid some bullshit, petty, petty crap, and uh, his his girlfriend or excuse me, Hernandez's fiance fiance and and mother of his kid was Odin Lloyd was dating her sister. Right. So instead of when this happens, so standing cool. by your family and going to your sister and being like, okay, like I obviously am engaged to this monster. She showed up and was like. I think at the second trial what they said is like she was the only one who showed up for Hernandez. And in one of those audio or audio clips from the jail, she was like, I will always be here for you. I will always be in your corner. Yeah. Like you said, it's ride true, or die. It's true ride or
0: die. And that's that's where I do feel bad for her in some context, because it's not like this guy, Hernandez, was just like some some dude she was dating. Like they had like a kid together, she lived at his house. She gave up her whole
1: life for him, so I'm sure that's like Just extremely traumatic. The documentary itself, uh, you know, uh, briefly, it starts with basically his backstory and his upbringing. And Aaron Hernandez had a very fucked up childhood. His dad was, uh, it seems like a very controlling figure. He was your
0: stereotypical, like, man's man, guys don't cry, Mm -hmm. like... This you're a football player, Shape fight up, through the up, pain, abusive as crap. well,
1: abusive as well, yeah, um, mentally and physically. And Aaron Hernandez was a closet homosexual, and his dad would always make you know homophobic comments, which I understand. Like, in, if developing as a young man who's going through all these mixed emotions, that's got to be tough. Um, they then you know move on to him getting recruited by committing, recruited and committing to UConn, reneging on that, and moving down to Gainesville, Florida, to go play for Urban Meyer. The proms in college. Then they've tra- you know they transitioned to him getting drafted in the fourth round by the Patriots. I think it's important to note also that his his decommit I guess from UConn to Florida happens after that dad passes right. away. Mm. So uh, by the way, his brother uh, DJ, DJ DJ Hernandez mm. was the starting quarterback for UConn at the time, and it was. I, I, I do remember this. It was a huge news story, uh, but he goes down to Gainesville, plays with Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer, just is electric. He's a gr- he's great. Off the field, he's getting into trouble. Nothing too major, uh, you know, in terms of the grand scheme of things. He, I, you know, had a couple of runs with the law in Gainesville, f- you know, failed a couple of drug tests, but relatively minor, like I said, in comparison. Uh, the documentary continues on to his pro career, which everybody's so familiar with. My favorite part of it, though, uh, towards the end, after... You know, Aaron Hernandez obviously committed suicide, uh, and they were sort of going into the why of everything, like why this happened, why Aaron Hernandez, why did he choose to do this thing? For a brief second, and this is like two hours and forty-five minutes into watching this three-hour documentary series, they start to bring up CTE and how this might be linked to concussions, and I was like, are they really going to let him out on this technicality because he had like he donated his brain to? science, and they found out his brain was severely damaged, just like Swiss cheese brain. But they had one dude sit in front of the camera, like, look, thousands of people, yeah, I was glad they have that. CTE. Zero of them
0: murder three people. <laughs> At the end of the day, Aaron Hernandez, my main takeaway, he was just a guy from a really violent, angry, bad background that turned into a bad, angry, violent dude, and it's unfortunate. I do, I, I have sympathy for. Hernandez and the victims and all that stuff, but at the end of the day just kind of a you know, piece of shit guy who had an anger problem yeah. and, and could never get it under control. Even the audio that they... because they, At one point, a striking comment to me, I remember thinking like, damn, this guy just can't control himself, was when he was in jail talking on the phone to the fiancé and he was talking about how he had gotten to a fight with someone mm-hmm. in jail. and It was over some dumb shit and he just couldn't let it go and the girlfriend literally... Tells him like you, you're not like you have to change like you just can't handle it. Why do you have to always be the guy that jumps in the fight? And it seems like between losing your dad, having the worst mother of all time, and and playing a violent sport, and all this pent up rage that it was just a it was just a fuckery. ticking time bomb of, of just of just
1: anger, and it's it kind of stinks. It's overblown, and it, like I said, just if you haven't watched it, go watch. It's worth your time. I know that the Aaron Hernandez story has been told at great lengths. through several different outlets, but I'm always here for good documentaries and good content. And this is an excellent piece of documentary filmmaking. What's your main takeaway from it? His mom sucks. Just no, (laughs) honestly, his support system in every single part of his life, he went from a broken home or not a broken home, but a home that was full of hate and and anger. Uh, His mom just, Oh Jesus. Just one of the worst people. I, 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 touched on this last you know pod that will go unreleased because i'm a fucking idiot but his mom uh, in one of the jailhouse calls says if you had just give me one million dollars when you got your 40 million dollar contract i would have been set for life like just just atrocious <laughs> atrocious human being um that on top of the dad
0: dies and she moves in one of his friends three not long after, afterwards three and afterwards? they
1: start like just partying yeah. and completely forgetting about oh god she was about to- Aaron. she was horrible. but okay so broken home to gainesville where urban Meyer, i don't think he's he's a great football coach but he's not a great leader of men and that Dude, he yeah. should not be he should not be leading these kids t- and he he's never been he's never been regarded as a guy who can build men and, and de- you know develop their character he wants to win football games by any means necessary he Dude, doesn't give a f- shit if you get arrested he doesn't give a shit if you act a fool that uh that Florida team <laughs> was full of characters. Have they done a thirty for thirty about that? Uh, no, they have. Florida they team. did
0: one on the Miami team. That's right. But you, I'm
1: sure there's going to this, be one on this on this one. But then he goes to the Patriots, and you would think like, okay, mate, if anybody can fix him, Bill Belichick can, because the Patriot way, and you have to subscribe by uh, the team rules, and he just didn't, he just did not. He and by that to. point, it was just
0: too late. Cause yeah, too Belichick's, Belichick's entire
1: like organizational
0: mindset is that you fit into the Patriot Way or you leave he's not there yeah. to teach you that it's
1: it's uh, conform or go away and yeah. and Aaron certainly went away they did they did a really great job of you know when he uh, he got drafted by the Patriots so many of his friends were disappointed because he was gonna be so close to he's because mm-hmm. he's from uh, he's from Connecticut so it's just a cup you know a few hour drive away from uh, f- basically a Patriots facility in, in Foxborough. and uh his, how close he was to Bristol, and so many of his problems remained there, and he had so many just shitty people he hung around with during high school, and he just never broke that time. No, he, tried, he moved back there, and then
0: everybody kind of came back he, into his life. The
1: difference was he was now mega wealthy, and had, his hubris was now well-founded. Like yeah. it, His pride in, in college was undeserved in my opinion but he was like one of the best tight ends in the league yeah he him and rob gronkowski were was, absolutely they were supposed
0: to change the game it was yeah. supposed to be two tight ends set that was gonna just dominate the nfl but um i guess my final point on this before we move on is that y- you can see how like arrogant and just kind of untouchable he thought he was by the nature of the crime and the fact that he just didn't it was the sloppiest murder in the history of murders. It was an open and shut case for the police. They walk into his house, the security cameras destroyed, but not all of it. They pull the tape, they see him pull up not long after the murder, and he's walking around his living room with just a gun in his hand. Walking Correct around. me if
1: I'm wrong, he left shell casings in his rental yeah, car. Yeah, they as well, were right?
0: in the. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was a rental car. So they he left shell casings in the rental car. From the gun that he's seen waving around in the goddamn house afterwards. It was, it was almost like he w- either wanted it caught or really thought he lived on a different you, plane than the rest of society.
1: Do you think that's more a testament to the fact that his like his mental coherence was just absolutely shot at that point? Or he was really that overconfident?
0: I, it was probably a mixture of both, yeah. if you re- if I really think about it. it was, his mental confidence was there and he was, he was shook by... What he had just done, I, I don't know. There's really no explaining it, but what a story, huh?
1: Oh, man, just very well done. Like I said, go go watch it. All right, before we move on to segments, I think we should take a quick break. What do you say? I'm cool with that. Let's do it.
0: All right, and speaking of CTE, we got another unfortunate case of uh, mental instability with the story of the year, really, in the NFL world, Antonio Brown Earlier in the week, he was facing what we thought was battery charges, and it ended up coming out that it was going to be his trainer that got arrested. Well, that wasn't the case. Antonio Brown got picked up on burglary charges, felony burglary charges yesterday, and is facing a pretty serious charge that
1: carries a life in prison type sentence. So the least surprising news story of the week when that push notification came across my phone saying that he was linked to this I, I well when it first came and actually was a suspect in in the assault case like you said i was just like yeah that makes sense i mean that's par for the course for our guy antonio brown right former the former patriots man this week <laughs> just Ooh, three tough, games give me a couple of weeks now you know what's funny ready. is
0: if they keep If this sidebar, Mm -hmm. if they keep Antonio Brown on the Pats, Super Bowl championship guaranteed, baby.
1: Probably, actually. (laughs) But I mean, he, it seems like he's finally kind of hit the brick wall. He's been, he's been playing, you know, fast and loose for a long time. And he's another guy who I guess thought he was above the law. Oh, a thousand percent. I think it's safe to say that Antonio Brown is either severely uh, mentally impaired. Or just a certified world class piece of shit. I don't so know my, which one of them it my is. gut
0: instinct goes toward. Like he has some serious mental problems, um, and I think that, and I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. I think it's a mixture of both arrogance and you know being being a little mentally unstable. And what was interesting to me was when he showed up in, the, in court. The judge gave him bail, released him on bail, but he's going to me- a court mandated like mental rehab. Drug testing, all the all the stuff that you associate with somebody who has mental instability, and and it kind of sucks because I hate seeing like he has so much talent. He's like the best right. one of the best receivers in the league, and it's just been a slow, steady decline. And it's unfortunate to see. Um, I felt bad for everyone that's been in his life that can't really escape, like the the mother of his kids, his right. kids, for instance. So hopefully. This is rock bottom for Antonio Brown, and he's on the path to to something better. Well,
1: as a a part of this, uh, and this is from ESPN's article, uh, Brown will be monitored by GPS and be required to release his passport and guns, go through drug and alcohol testing, and get a mental health evaluation. So if that's state-mandated, court-mandated, he has to do it, and I, I guarantee you... I mean, we've always heard Antonio Brown needs to get help, he needs to get help, he needs to get help. His teammates have begged him to get help, mm-hmm. His well, ex-teammates, those closest to him, you always see those types of stories about even his, his ex, begging him. The ex-girlfriend
0: or ex-wife, whoever it is, even she put out a statement um, in the build-up to this current situation that she hopes Antonio Brown gets the help he needs,
1: which... which I I do too, man. It's yeah. things to see people go through this the kind of stuff. The fact that she's saying that and not like, no, he fucking sucks. He's a terrible person. Makes you think maybe he's like going through it, kind of like you alluded to. Um, regardless, all it took was for the state to step in, mm. court system to get involved, law <laughs> yeah, enforcement right. get involved, for him to actually be forced to go through this rehabilitation, whatever that may be. I always wanted him back in the league. Now. I don't think he'll ever play another down in the football in, in the NFL, especially after he uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He came at Rubber Craft earlier yeah. this season, right? Yeah, he definitely did. I don't, th- I don't think he'll be back in the NFL, and I that's such that's so devastating because, you know, I feel like so many wide receivers and like the uber talented wide receivers have have left the NFL uh, before their before their time. I mean, you know, the the one that comes to mind immediately is Calvin Johnson, mm-hmm. completely under different circumstances. But the league is better with talented wide receivers, and he was for a three, four year stretch yeah, the best you, wide receiver in the league. You can even add on like
0: Gronkowski in there as well. Yeah. He's thirty years old. Yeah. There's there is a trend with the NFL right now where
1: young Deuce. athletes are leaving early because yeah. they're rich as shit, and it's like this hurts. Right. So I don't want to. I don't want to be you know suffering from brain disease when I'm sixty five. Right. Or so, more brain disease. Like you look at a guy and you sort of. Uh, on the other side of that coin you look at a guy like julian edelman and i love julian edelman i don't like the patriots but i love julian edelman mm-hmm. you see how many times he's getting concussed and it's just like you know what this is going to lead to you know what concussions lead to and anything after your first concussion have you ever had have you ever had a concussion No, I, I haven't so from what i understand anything anytime you get concussed after your first one it's just like it basically compounds on itself and it becomes more and more of a problem because i i guess the part that part of the brain's not just growing back it's right. like hammering a nail and eventually yep. the nails fully into the wall and it's just tragic and it's like you you know the writing's on the wall with some of this stuff and I, I don't blame those guys who get out of the league for that reason now Antonio Brown didn't get out of the league the league got out from under him yeah. because he is a liability he's a cancer in a True. locker room uh, when everything was going on in Pittsburgh I'm just like oh I mean obviously it's the Steelers there's a problem there the fact that Mike Tallman handled that locker room as well as he did with, with kind of Antonio incredible. and Le- Le'Veon and you know Big and Ben's Big kind ben. of a piece of shit as well. Rapist Big Ben. Yep. It just <laughs> I it kinda makes you you know, want to praise him for not yeah, right. losing yeah. shit on a daily basis. Yeah, he's
0: probably he's probably more relieved than anyone that those guys are, are gone. Props to him. It's it's interesting. The Antonio Brown situation has always been interesting to me because he was so good and he's been around for a good amount of time and I never real I never realized he was this like crazy of an ego. He was always just really good and real flamboyant on the field with the twerking and the, all that stuff. Right. But he was
1: fun. He was fun to watch. He was just
0: a fun player to watch. And then when it all hit the fan, it really hit the fan. And, and he, so. he became very stale very
1: quickly. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's it's good that he's getting help. I I hope that it somehow leads to him digging himself out of this hole. But. At the same time, it's just like the dude will never play another down of football. Yeah,
0: at this point, it's Antonio, get some help, give up on the NFL dream or come to the realization that you're not going to play in the league anymore and, and figure your life out because it's, I mean, it's at rock bottom right now. Mm. So, And it, it's either going to be him beating a pretty serious charge and going free or he's going to have his come to Jesus moment in a by 12 prison cell and it's going to. Be one of the more tragic stories of this uh, this decade. So,
1: well, in other news, uh, got to go. I on. got a little somber there for a second. Yeah, it did, man. We, we just we just talked to the Aaron Hernandez doc, we and then we went <laughs> straight to Antonio Brown. In other news, got to get on my soapbox for a sec. Um, the Hall of Fame, uh, Baseball Hall of Fame voting was announced this week, and then next class was announced. It includes two people: Larry Walker, uh, former uh, Colorado Rocky great. Question mark and of course Derek Jeter. Jeter gets in with ninety nine point three percent of the
0: vote. Something like Missed it by
1: 0.7, one vote. All but one. Um, basically the the Ken Griffey Jr. treatment. Uh, but obviously uh, Jeter belongs there. One of the great great shortstops of all time. I have been very critical of Derek Jeter's playing abilities because the last five to six years he was an absolute liability at shortstop because he was slow and lost a step. Uh, if you look at his defensive value, he was not great. Uh, but you can't really take away from the fact that he is one of the greatest charismatic leaders of all time. And he's just an icon. I thought he deserved to get in 100%. And Would've... the fact that one, it was just one vote that he was away from being unanimous. And that little shit who didn't vote for Have him. they released who it was or no? No, nah, not not. To I gotta knowledge. know. I'm dying to he's, know. Well, so the way the Baseball Writing Association of America works is they... When you submit your ballot, you can check a box saying, yes, you can publish my, you know, so my def- picks. But the dude did who know. did not pick Jeter. <laughs> well, I, I hope it, it comes out that it's a process of
0: elimination where everybody said yes because Jeter was just an automatic yes. And then somebody breaks it down, it's like, hey, you, where's your pick? <laughs> well, my
1: question is, he's if, definitely lying about it. Is if you're not right? doing this for the clout and basically to post it on your Twitter, and be like, hey, I was that one guy. And you're not going to take credit for it. What the hell are you doing? Like, what what is what is the mindset? Like, you know, it's there is like a faction
0: of people. I had this conversation in group text. It's a bunch. The of, Derek Jeter hate. It's a bunch of guys, and like we were we brought up the Derek Jeter thing, mm-hmm. and we had this one guy, St. Louis Blues fan, which is just the red flag in itself. And he made the argument that Jeter just wasn't a Hall of Famer. That he that maybe he deserved like seventy five percent of the vote, and <laughs> Well, we, the, we preemptively called him a fucking moron for that. Okay, but. so
1: I understand both sides of the argument. He's wrong, because Derek Jeter is certainly a first-battle Hall of Famer, and he should have got, in my opinion, he should have been unanimous because he was very important to the game. He played during the steroid era when all these dudes are juicing. He did not. He still had pretty good statistics. Like, the way baseball, you know, is statistically analyzed, the best way to determine somebody's value is a thing called war, wins above replacement, and if you look at Derek Jeter's war compared to other Hall of Famers, it's kind of meh. It's very lukewarm. He had, a, But you know, he played for such a long time, and he was consistently above average. And during the harvest career, he was excellent. And well, he has see, one he's of just
0: the, an iconic Yankee. Right? Right. When
1: you think of the Yankees... You
0: think of Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter definitely yeah. pops into your mind. Yeah. So, I'll remember him forever. My, I'm not a huge baseball guy, as I've admitted, so my baseball knowledge isn't as deep. But mm-hmm. I remember the play against the A's where... He sprints all the way across the field just to make that crazy, like, shuffle pass right. back to home plate. And that's that kind of stuff. That it's and just, diving like, to the stands. Diving to the like, stands. Taking on the chin. Yeah, so, I don't know. You don't have to have the... If you're a guy like Derek Jeter, I think some things are forgiven
1: in certain aspects. Sure. Because... You're a freaking legend, man. He's ruining the Marlins. Not actually ruining the Marlins. It's sort of like uh, he did a complete teardown, traded away some of their most valuable assets. He's working in the front office, obviously, of the Miami Marlins right now. But he's important to baseball. Um, I don't necess- I'm not the biggest cheater fan because, you know, once again, I'm an Astros fan and I just never really enjoyed the Yankees because, uh, you know, fuck George Steinbrenner. But... Um, Why? What's wrong with George Steinbrenner? Everything. Dude... Don't even get me started. Did, on the he ever, did he ever lead
0: uh, organizational cheating? in New York? I'm sorry, that was I, low. That was I, low. That I, was I'm low. Not I'm even sorry. i apologize. Um, <laughs> the other dude. Who, the,
1: the other dude who got elected, Larry Walker, the coolest. Did you see? <laughs> God, what's <fucking laughs> no, You uh, so walked right into it. That was Larry hilarious. Walker. Uh, he got elected on his tenth, tenth try. His last try. This was his last shot. Ten out of ten into the Hall of Fame. Barely or did out of ten. it. He had a very decent career. I'll admit, I have no idea who this is. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was again one of the guys you look at his a warrior, like, okay, he was a, like above average player. Yeah. Um, but he gets an on try. ride. The video of him, you know, receiving the phone call from Cooperstown, dude. I'm a sucker for those it's tears. Just, it's it's the same it's the it. same vein as the Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson. Uh, uh, you know, I'm announcement the can yeah. announcements on air. I love those. I love those videos. Dude's rocking a SpongeBob shirt like a SpongeBob Hawaiian Man, a, as a he's fan. getting the call. I'm a fan. He seems like a really cool dude. It was obviously very important for his family. You know, 10th try. uh Sure, like that's a lot of disappointment. <laughs> nine, get imagine it. getting that phone call nine times in a row. Sucks.
0: Just no like, wonder it was so. No wonder one he was like, fuck it, I'm wearing a. SpongeBob yeah, shirt, exactly. and two that it was so emotional for everybody.
1: I wonder how so, much sleep. I wonder how much sleep he lost the night before the. T- I, I bet you didn't sleep. Yeah. Well, uh, at this point, you're probably used After to it. After
0: nine times, you probably go to sleep early. and say, "Fuck it." What is your to keep going on baseball yeah. a little bit? What is your
1: take on the steroid era guys slash Pete Rose? You got you, you Induct them all. You got. You got to get them in. They're, yeah. they're, you can't deny their place in baseball history. Um cuz at this rate if they keep denying them like
0: is their plan just to leave that section just like completely forgotten like 25 30 40 years ago or, or, or people aren't going to forget that these people Major exist. League Baseball they have
1: they have records they have their names in the record books Major League Baseball is so great at absolutely mishandling PR nightmares mm-hmm. as evidenced by this week's Astros you know malarkey or this week's this, this past several weeks of Astro's malarkey. They don't know how to, <coughs> excuse me, handle themselves during crisis. And they just kind of want to look the other way uh, about, with this the whole steroid area. But the thing is they made so much money while this was going on, like do, as I a were, kid, do you remember the the chase, like Sosa McGuire? Yeah, it was awesome. Bond I remember 56? being very captivated by it this. It was it was just absolutely. I remember electric.
0: Barry Bonds' home run balls going into the the bay, the bay, yeah, and people having a row out to get them because mm-hmm. every single one was valuable. Like those are those are moments that people are remembering, mm-hmm. and that's our generation. And if the MLB doesn't. Or continues to n- neglect them, they're only hurting themselves because those memories and the and their names in the record books aren't going to go away. Right, exactly. L- Pete Rose is a great example of that because yeah. he cheated like multiple decades ago, and mm-hmm. people still talk about it right now. I thi- so they should use
1: that blueprint. <coughs> I mean, and apply it to to the steroid era and be so like,
0: just get these guys in the fucking in the
1: fucking Hall of Fame. The question has to be asked, you know, because you brought up Pete Rose and we talked about this last time. What's what's worse? What's out of the three? What is the worst? Th- of these alleged wrongdoings or not, you know, alleged in one case and in proven in two of the other cases, but you have, wait, the, which one's alleged? Well, we'll get to it. You have <laughs> the, uh, I sense a bit of bias, the stare, the guys who juiced, you have gambling on your own team and making money off of, you know, basic. It's like the, the build was the Donahue thing. Like basically forced. It's just gaming the system and being, I think Pete Rose should be a hall of famer, but he's kind of a fuck. And then you have the sign stealing. So what's worse, betting on baseball and when they're the, the coach, Don't about the steroids, or stealing signs?
0: I think that, and you're forgetting to mention the buzzers. Allegedly, so if this Houston story keeps developing and it is found out that they were actually using these buzzers and like it was that deep, I would put that as the worst one. Yeah, um, only because the steroid thing wasn't like an institutional, organizational secluded type it, it's not like the texas rangers were the only people using steroids right. it was it was many people throughout the league on different teams and it, it seemed to be for personal gain mm-hmm. as opposed to a complete team game so i guess it's that that kind of cheating would the buzzer and and trash can crap type cheating yeah it, it's it has a more direct impact and gives an entire team an advantage as opposed to one or two players or whatever it is sure. so i'll go with steroids for now yeah pending so more like no astros lie light. i think
1: that steroids and several pitchers have come out this week and say they would rather pitch against dudes who are juicing than guys who know i think so what too. they're going to be pitching um but honestly i think steroids is the most egregious uh, followed closely by what the astros did and that's that's just being brutally honest gambling on baseball it's it's shitty it sucks you know, it, it led to the one of the biggest fiascos in Major League Baseball history. You know, the you know eight men out. Uh, have you seen that? Uh, the yeah, Black the, Sox, the Shoeless Joe, and whatnot. Yeah. But I think Pete Rose, what he did, doesn't really rival what the guys who juiced for decades and decades and made so much money and prof just profited in several different ways and are literally just all throughout every single. MLB record book, yeah. and they should. I think they should be in Cooperstown. I think Pete Rose should be in Cooperstown. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it really holds a candle to these steroids guys. So if I'll if, tell you if, my my most
0: interested time in baseball, aside from when I jumped on the bandwagon for the Rangers 2010-2011 World Series run, was was uh, when there there were people juicing the yeah. chase Barry Bonds. It was exciting. God, dude. it was it was Mark McGuire. It
1: was. Okay. It was awesome. Can Bond Sosa? I mean. The, uh, Jose Canseco looked like a goddamn super trooper, yeah, and you're he he really out is. there just crushing baseballs. It's the man. funny,
0: the funny thing is the the comparisons to like the Barry Bonds and the Pirates picture versus him <laughs> on the Giants, where his head like grows <laughs> oh, in circumference, man. and he's just like yeah. clearly came... like doing something different. <laughs> but, but goddamn,
1: was that a fun generation of baseball? And now, yeah. unfortunately, for Major League Baseball, their their superstar who's doing it the right way, Mike Trout is just like such a like a. Plain white piece of Wonder yeah, Bread in in Anaheim, California. Not even in L.A. or anything. Send him He's... to send him to the Yankees. And the
0: and the, <laughs> the craziest part of it um, is that he just he enjoys enjoys being there. He just wants to play baseball. <laughs> no <laughs> attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is bad for the marketing aspect yeah, of sure. it. But
1: but okay, uh, wrapping up breaking news or not breaking news, but uh, elsewhere around the news, it was announced. Was it today or yesterday? Yesterday that Eli Manning. Was going to announce his retirement today. The Mannings uh, are done. No more. No Mannings. more Manning. Well, a couple more years. We got a. We got. Is isn't one of their kids or nephews or something? He's in Nets. like high school or some shit. He's In high school. He's- so we get at least a couple years off from the Mannings. Um, but yeah, Eli Manning. He uh, he's done. One of the more interesting case studies in terms of uh, future Hall of Famers, which he will be. Mm-hmm. He will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, no doubt. If not for just namesake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you get two rings, and he was never great. He was always above average, like yeah. slightly above average. He had
0: two of the of the more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess uh, odd. The odds were against them Super Bowl yeah. runs. Yeah, that was a terrible way to put that.
1: <laughs> but I could not find the word. Bro, the, um, the fact that we're this like eloquent this deep into the podcast after spending three hours staring at our laptops trying to fix this is remarkable i don't want to laying on the floor i just like you know what? i'm gonna pod from down here Wait. no but you're right man and uh you know i was i was busting your balls earlier uh, i said so if the goat gets beat by someone else does that person become the goat because eli manning's super bowls came against the greatest of all time like any and yeah and he's still for short of the
0: goat so oh yeah for, no i'm said, not i'm not making he, i'm not eli's, eli's greatest fact. contribution to the nfl for non-patriots fans is that he stopped brady from having eight rings Eight rings would have been. God bless you, Eli Manning. I actually God, like the dude. I'm Eight very... rings would have been awesome. Let's talk about knowledge. Let's talk about Eli. <laughs> I I don't mind Eli Manning. Square. I like him a hell of a lot more than I like Peyton. Yeah. I think he's a more like relatable personality. Oh, definitely approachable. Peyton is incredibly insufferable to me. Yeah, I've I, never I, liked him. His, I've always thought he was a douchebag. And it's his his acts in college and stuff right. like that have proven that he's a douchebag. Right. And I always thought that he got like especially with all the Brady uh, Pelich Belichick Belichick. Um, slander mm-hmm. and hate throughout the years, where Peyton Manning got sort just of got like, free. Yeah, he, yeah, he just had that red carpet, especially from ESPN, rolled out, and that always rubbed me the wrong way, and I didn't really like him, especially because Brady
1: routinely waxed him in the playoffs. I but. think it's because Brady has this like he's he knows he's intelligent and he acts intelligent, whereas Peyton Manning comes off as like this unassuming like uh, doof kind yeah. of i guess and that's just he's just like sort of like meathead quarterback um but no i i much prefer eli Manning. to to your point about peyton though uh so i don't watch commercials because i watch most things streaming i was watching obviously football this past weekend mm-hmm. those nationwide commercials with him and uh brad which, paisley, brad paisley yeah. oh my insufferable god they're the worst just the worst he like, thinks he's so fucking funny somebody from who's working for uh, State Farm's p- or advertising team is cashing cashing a six figure paycheck to write that swill nationwide, Ho- nationwide. nationwide. Jesus, um, uh, he's he's terrible, and I, that's I, the kind of crap. It's pe- the, and and then you have like Peyton's
0: corner there, now. There's yeah, god <sighs> damn it. There's, pe- there's people that love Peyton Manning though. That's why it's marketable. There, I feel like a large majority of NFL fans do love Peyton. There is this. So during. Like, growing up, I always went to this this house with my best friend, whole parents. And to this day, they still host these watch parties every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. When the Pats lost to Peyton Manning's Denver Bronco team in the AFC Championship game, I was over at their house, and I was sweating it out. These motherfuckers were wearing Peyton Manning jerseys because they buy into that NFL ESPN like narrative mm-hmm. and they can't see beyond whatever news like is just put in their face. So the last thing we'll say about, about that, and that's not a hate session on them. It's just it just a, it paints the bigger picture that people love Peyton
1: Manning because ESPN love Peyton dragged Manning. his testicles across a female trainer's face. People forget that they really really forget like, that Like, literally. It's like they literally forget that it's there has to be like some new name for this concept where like a society just absolutely. Allows himself to move on past like a very egregious crime like Marv Albert yesterday I was watching TV I'm like hey yeah Marv Albert raped some some folks it's crazy Ray Lewis is on TV he fucking killed somebody what are we doing (laughs) it blows my mind dude I love it how the segment starts with Eli announcing his retirement and we're (laughs) talking about his fucking big brother that's that's his career in a nutshell (laughs) because
0: and I think in the car a few days ago you asked me. Should we talk about Eli Manning? And I was like, I don't really have like a ton to say about it. <laughs> like <laughs> he won some Super Bowls, great moments yeah, in NFL history, but good. like that's pretty much it. Yeah, good. I mean, it's, played it's, New York forever. Props to him. For I, I did think it was messed up <laughs> that he got screwed out of the Iron Man streak. Uh, oh, yeah, by Ben McAdoo, <sighs> and he gets benched and then he starts the next week. I thought that was just that was tough. He was, was probably tough. like a Belichick mole plant. He existed solely to
1: Just to, fuck Eli. to knock Eli off that, that
0: record. But Well,
1: that's that about that. Eli, you know, uh, I would like to say great career, but it really was, you know, slightly above average. Yeah. I hope you enjoy your time in retirement. I thoroughly enjoy you. <laughs> I hope to see you in front of a camera at some point because I think you have a pretty interesting personality and uh, you're much less insufferable than your dickhead of a big brother. See,
0: let's see the the Eli TV is going to be in association with Peyton. Though. They already have him on that Jesus. that Peyton's Corner crap. Oh, uh, kill me. All right. So get ready
1: for 20 years of the Peyton Eli No, out already out <laughs> breaking my TV. Alright, let's take a quick break before we move on to our closing segments and thoughts.
0: Best in this world.
1: All right. I'm, we're I'm tired of it. We're <laughs> I'm back. Tired of it. <laughs> Full transparency, this will be the third and hopefully final time. No, fuck it. This will be the final time. Dude, our takes have to be so good by this point. Holy crap. So we've recorded this segment three separate times. And for some, I don't even know how to describe it or explain what is happening. We keep trying to back up the audio file and it just automatically erases. It's so frustrating. (laughs) So if Now hiring producer. If our takes during this segment are a little fiery, it's because I am just, just seething, seething mad. Actually, not really. Dude, kind calm of. down. Dude. I'm actually kind of sad. Why don't you calm down over that? All this great content just gone to waste. It was you know? good. We did, we did so many great takes. Hmm. Eh. This will be the best one though. Pro Bowl. For some reason, the NFL does this thing where it completely get I guess captures its fan base's attention and the hype machine is at an all-time high following the championship games and I forget this every single year but there is a two-week break between the championship games and the Super Bowl. So after watching the 49ers absolutely clap the packers i you know was looking at the super bowl matchup and whatnot and i googled super bowl was this 45 billion or whatever 50 what is this 50 billion? 51 or 50? 51 I, um liv whatever L- live, that is. live laugh love <laughs> <laughs> um and it just like popped up on this my google feed <laughs> <rails already. laughs> it popped up my google feed that uh it wasn't until like february 3rd two, which was two weeks from sunday i was like what the f-? oh that's right the NFL. Just absolutely fucks with my emotions. But fret not, football fans, we get the Pro Bowl this weekend in none other than the fun capital of the world, Orlando, Florida. Dude, I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched a Pro Bowl. What about you? Yeah, I haven't watched this thing in at least a decade, probably
0: more. It's without a doubt the worst of the four major sports. What makes it so bad? I just think that they don't have any like ingenuity to it. There's no like creative thought that's put into it. It's not marketed well. Like at this point, everybody's so tired of it that they don't even give it a chance. Where, as we've talked about in our previous two takes, <laughs> um, three if you're counting yeah, them, I guess. But like the NBA has the dunk contest, three point contest. MLB has Homer Derby, Celebrity Game, etc. NHL has skill competitions, and they've recently. Um, transition to doing three on three for their main game. Like the main game is three on three. They don't they don't put five on five out there and pretend like it's a regular season game. In my opinion, the NFL should take after both the NBA and the NHL where they elect somehow four to six. Of their top, top athletes, probably quarterbacks, and have them draft skill position guys to make up seven on seven flag football type teams and then play shortened little games over the course of, you know, a day, a night. You could do it all in a night. The NHL does it. They skate three on three games. You know, it's like 10 minute games, 12 Mm -hmm. minute games, whatever it is. And the winner's the winner at the end of the night. And I think that would be instrumental
1: and making it a little more fun and something different. So the first question that popped in my head, was like what, what about the offensive and defensive lineman? I have the fix. So I don't know if you ever played intramural flag football or softball or anything, but uh, in the co-ed ones, you have to have X amount of females and X amount of males. Mm-hmm. So at any given point of this pro bowl that we're trying to figure out, you have to have, I don't know, like three offensive linemen lining up as wide receivers so you just like imagine sure, having yeah. fucking Laramie Tunsil just running across like a like running a slant route and just like catching a ball and just bowling over fucking I don't know who's my least favorite uh, defensive back and oh Tyron Matthew right now although he <laughs> wouldn't be there because of fucking Super Bowl God damn it um, anywho I think that the problem with the NFL is that they do a really shitty job of allowing their players to market themselves. And we've talked about this. Whereas the NBA is just fantastic about that. Ever since uh, Silver took over for Stern, he's been like player's first guy. He really cares about his players' mental health, their brand, their image. He wants them to actually have a personality. Whereas the NFL, they want everyone to walk in lockstep and you know do this not that just li- live a queen uh, queen clean squeaky lifestyle no weed no like no drugs wh- well minus like all the painkillers uh yeah, speaking of the their b- they're the biggest talk. hypocrites on the planet like it's bullshit man they, they, fuck they, they just want up.
0: they just want total control and they don't they don't want their players to have like an inkling of fun it's not even until recently that they even let them dance after like scoring a suit or a super Bowl, scoring a touchdown it's 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 and the Pro Bowl, if we're going to tie it back to the conversation that we're having, the Pro Bowl is just uh, an extension of the
1: no fun league right. that Fuhrer Goodell has, has and it's just put not it fun, dude. It's that's not that's the problem. It's, it's just it's not, not a fun. Time. It's not fun to watch. It doesn't help that the production's to, taken over by ESPN, and you pointed out earlier uh, on the call is the worst crew in terms of uh, the the broadcast crew in testament and booger mcfarland you're in the boys bro it's, it sucks like from and also espn itself like if you watch and this is one thing i've noticed during the playoffs because i've been you know keeping up because the texans were making a bit of a run their production quality is so much shittier <coughs> than cbs and nbc it's, it's not un, even it's on the same playing field which i don't understand like espn used to be it now you watch and you're like this sucks like from the graphics to the replays to and you've done this work before like you've you've actually worked on uh like you've sat behind a camera during a football game you've worked on a broadcast before espn and the reason they're so friendly with the
0: nfl is because they're both a bunch of old men who have not adapted to like the changing tides of just how people watch TV or how people watch sports or how people engage online. They just don't know how to do it. So it's like, it's the ESPN is like when your dad gets on Facebook and he's like (laughs) trying to be funny, that's ESPN. Whereas some of these other programs, some of these other networks are adapting more to the, like being trying at least to be Mm -hmm. a little more hip and innovative and creative and fun. So the fact that ESPN has this Pro Bowl and they're the ones in charge of like putting it all together and, In cooperation with the NFL is just a disaster. They're two organizations that just don't love to have fun.
1: And that being said, next season I will watch every single game. I mean, I still do love me some football, and that's that's what makes it so preposterous about the Pro Bowl is like we're I would would consider us pretty big football fans. I watch I you know I, I used to work in retail, so I never got to watch football because I worked Saturday and Sunday. So now that I'm you know doing actual like adult shit and not having to work on the weekends I get to watch football and I watched every single weekend partly because the Texans were you know half decent and it's always fun to watch the Cowboys be like painfully mediocre but uh, having said that I would not in a million years watch the Pro Bowl you couldn't pay me enough money to watch the Pro Bowl
0: no this Sunday I will not be watching a single minute of the Pro Bowl and I have the whole day off not gonna do anything
1: but I know that I'm not gonna watch Pro. Even as a kid, when Texans would get, you know, selected to participate, I think I watched it one time and I was like twelve or thirteen and I think Andre Johnson was playing and I was I was so excited because one of my guys got elected and you know, he's putting Houston on the map, blah because you know how thirteen year olds think. You don't really process that shit normally and i watched it and i was like this is this is terrible this isn't football <laughs> i'm going to <This> go do <laughs> anything else <laughs> sucks i'm going to go watch paint dry all yeah, uh, right <laughs> so uh i don't think there's a fix i really or if there is um it has to be something drastic and it probably should be something soon because it's ASAP. been a jo- it's like it's a laughing stock and it's it's not like this is a hot take that the pro bowl sucks it's it's just baffling to me that it seems like everyone knows it's terrible, but you're nobody's in, doing anything about it.
0: If you're tuning into the Pro Bowl like seriously, like you're excited about it, like you're looking forward to it, you're going to map your whole Sunday around it, then
1: you have some serious problems. Wait, so you're not coming to my Pro Bowl watch party? No. Oh, fuck, dude. Did any Texans even make the Pro Bowl? Yeah. No. My boy Deshaun. Franchise quarterback. QB1, baby! Overrated, baby. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wrapping this puppy up. Closing thoughts. Ryan, you were just discussing off mic with me. Uh, We were talking about the Oscars uh, because we were planning some future pods and you actually saw two films that recently received uh, Best Picture nominations, which would be 1917 and Parasite. Um, Tell us a little bit about why, if you haven't seen them, you should go to theater stat. 1917 to start off is your classic
0: war film, you know, it it it's directed by Sam Mendes. It's a journey of two World War II men who get tasked with an impossible mission and they have to defy all odds in order to accomplish this mission and save a bunch of lives. So the reason that this war movie is different from the million other war movies that have been filmed over the years is that the director Sam Mendes decided to shoot this all in one sort of tracking shot. So there's no there's no cuts. You follow the two main characters throughout the entire the entirety of their mission, which is the entire length of the film. Um there's no real like like uh, staged drama like your classic kind of war general big quote, big speech type thing. It's just like kind of It's like gritty it, and raw. Yeah. It is it is too soldiers trekking across enemy lines to deliver a message the plot is incredibly simple but it's it's the attention to detail and the the just way they illustrate the just (coughs) absolute desperation and atrocities that come along with
1: fighting in a war that is really moving and inspirational uh, the other movie is Wait, pause before you before you go on, is there anybody I would recognize? and because I 'cause I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen either of these movies. So, is there anyone who No. So there's no
0: the there's no big time actors in these movies <laughs> um, at all. So you're not gonna recognize anybody um, unless you watch Game of Thrones because Tommen oh. is one of the main characters. My guy Tom. So there's no there's no big time actors per se, but they're all British guys, so unless you're in tune with like the British British movie scene, then you probably won't all right. really
1: recognize anybody. The other one is the, like literally the pole. if you're like ranking movies and you putting them on a spectrum like polar opposite. Yeah. You go from like tradition or not I guess sort of a non traditional war film to a Korean film. Yeah, based so This on- is a
0: this is a foreign a foreign film parasite which highlights the plight of a young not a young, of a poor um, korean family that are just kind of trying to make it in the world um, finding jobs and they kind of come together to do so then throughout the course of the movie you see the links they'll go to to secure these jobs for themselves and their families and then like any good movie it takes dramatic twists and turns that are unexpected while still highlighting kind of a little bit of humor and a little bit of uh, shock and awe. So, so, is
1: it like a dark comedy or a drama? Or... Yeah, it's it's. I'd say it's a
0: drama. Okay, but it has it just has a couple funny moments. It's not overwhelmingly funny, but there's like, just it, it's more drama. So, it's all in Korean subtitles, which the director was quoted at the Golden Globe saying that if you could get over the burden of one-inch subtitles, you'll be opened up to an entire world of uh, that's the films. only.
1: Critique I've read this like thus far is that there have the film has subtitles and I'm just like if you can't appreciate a film that has subtitles. You should probably reconsider everything about your life. It's like almost borderline like racist. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, not, it's no, it's like blatantly Like racist. they they put like
0: uh the English is on the bottom for you, my, my, it's fellow, right my there, fellow people. It's right there. Just read. And like, I didn't I didn't come
1: to this theater to read. If no, I had done
0: that, I would stay home and read a fucking book. That's some shit like Roger Goodell would say. Like it's unbelievable. Like <laughs> so Parasite is a fantastic movie. It's my pick for best picture. I think they're gonna win it. I hope they win it. Because they truly deserve it. It's truly a masterpiece. Um, and any review you read from like a competent moviegoer, they're gonna tell you the exact same thing. Um, little little pro tip: I saw both of these movies this week on my AMC Stubbs Pass. Highlight, or I highly recommend getting one yourself. It's twenty bucks. You get twelve movies.
1: Twelve a movies a week. You get $20. three a week for
0: twenty bucks. So if you're Trying to be an avid movie goer, where you want to see more movies. Um, this is definitely the way to go. There's an AMC literally on the same street as mine, which prompted my purchase. And it's the perfect, like, if you're home on the weekend and you don't only have anything going, it's like, oh, I can just go in the app, click Parasite at 515 and check out for $0. I'm cool
1: with that. Go to the movies, spend a couple bucks on popcorn and a beer, and you're good to go. So I, I don't. Before I move on, or rather, we move on. I don't know if I've asked you this very important question. Have you ever done the solo dolo movie trip? I saw both these movies by myself. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. I <laughs> love going to movies by myself. Yeah, people it's, are like, it's "What? Great. Really? No, it's literally the best thing ever. It is the best thing ever. You go, you sit in the back, and you're just like, post it up. You're like in your living room, but it's literally, a yeah. People huge who hate on that don't know what they're talking about either. People, spend a little time with yourself, guys. Yeah. It's okay to love yourself. It's it's okay to be alone. It's very important sometimes. I spend most of my time alone. <laughs> Just kidding, <laughs> kidding. It's really like kind that's of.
0: a good. You bring that up. It's a good point. Like, to, don't be afraid to go hang out with yourself and see a movie by yourself. So, it's, the, it's it's perfectly fine, and you're gonna be more in tune with the movie. During 1917, I turned my phone completely off. I was there by myself. I had popcorn and a giant blue moon. And the only person I talked to was the AMC waiter who got me my beer refill. It was fantastic. That's a dream right there. <laughs> it, was, it was a, a great dream. two and a half hours. It was fantastic. Got out, turned my phone back on. Guess what? I didn't miss a thing.
1: Beautiful. Life went on. It was amazing. And the beat goes on. Yeah. Um, so Zion Williamson, I, I know you didn't watch the game live. He made his debut on Wednesday night. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, he, Zion Williamson is probably the biggest prospect coming to the nba since like kevin durant anthony davis maybe he draws comparisons to lebron which i think is a little preposterous but you know say la vie uh anywho he's been hurt all season because he has a bit of an issue with his weight and it's a little it's starting he's to fat. like yeah okay there we go he's <laughs> fat uh he's carrying around about 25 30 pounds too much and that's being probably a bit uh, lax anywho makes his debut i told myself i was going to watch the entire game because i was absolutely in on zion um have been in on him since like the instagram videos way back when he was just throwing down dunks as like a 14 15 year old he's always been dynamic and electric um his debut went very poorly for three quarters he had like five points through Uh, through three quarters, going into the fourth. I was like, you know, I'm I'm just going to let it ride. (sighs) Something's going to happen. And boy, did it. The dude scored 17 points in three minutes. If you have not seen the highlights, you have to go watch them now. And the thing is, they're not even highlights. It's literally just like a three-minute stretch. Like, (laughs) it's literally him dominating for three minutes. And the thing that was crazy about it, he was... So, in those three minutes was just like pure dominance... Ath- like athletically, he was the most gifted person on that court. Like he was, he, There was one time where he missed a shot, elbowed his way around three dudes, grabbed the rebound and put it back up and raced down the court, stole the ball, came back, hit a three-pointer in LaMarcus Aldridge's face. He ended up going four for four from three, which is kind of interesting because in college, he was not known to be a great three-point shooter. Not and if it. you actually watch three and you've seen the highlights like yeah. you saw you saw the sequence Twitter was a buzz bro time. his three-pointer looks like it is so broken but it just <laughs> found nothing but net like didn't even move the net on like three of the four He looks like uh, like a 24-hour fitness, like pickup
0: basketball three-point <laughs> shooter where he's just like He's kinda of scooting forward and throwing it at the rim, but it
1: goes in and then he starts feeling himself. So props yeah. He's up. he's like the guy, like you see him kind of just like dribbling the ball on the sideline, like, Hey, y'all got three, y'all got three, y'all need one more? And you're like, Ugh yeah yeah sure you don't know what you're gonna expect and then it's yeah. he, just like absolutely he just raw. lights it up yeah, yeah. just like scores but he like, does that like for one game 100 100 and then points.
0: for the next like three or four games he keeps he just like him up. yeah he, he goes like, like oh for sex and, and you yeah. can't
1: be mad you're like well uh, <laughs> eventually they're gonna start falling yeah, and, and
0: even he goes oh Yo, you remember game one like remember game one it was great
1: <laughs> i made four zion in a fucking nutshell um zion's three-point game i don't want to i don't want to be the pod that like anywhere, calls him the twenty four. Like if he's within pick. eight feet of the rim, he is so dangerous. And if he can actually develop a three-pointer, he's going to be dynamic. The problem is, he is fucking thick, dude. He's thick as hell. Dude. He's, he's like so he's the fat. third most. Oh, I almost I almost said the third fattest. He is the third heaviest player. He's the in third the NBA. fattest guy in the league. I'm trying to be PC, bro. PC, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Just take three. Really. We're we're, we're, off we're past else. we're past the point of trying not to hurt anybody's <laughs> feelings. Right. No, I
0: I completely agree about. I'm I'm just being an asshole about the fat thing. He's he's just heavy, He's chunky, just, dude. He's dude. He's, he's, he's big boned, but he's also a professional athlete. So if he takes his weight seriously and gets in the gym and like tones up, it's the same well, it's criticism. It's like the Joel Embiid thing, man. Yeah, it's just like same, fucking it's, get on the it's, treadmill. It's everything they were saying about Luca last year, and yeah. he spent the off season in the gym, and yeah. now he's just I, tightened he's up. He's an NBA All Star. It's, it's so. going to
1: like make your career go from like 11 years to 14 years, or eight years to. Twelve years. It's just literally about longevity <clears> here. <throat> That's why LeBron's been so great for so long is because he t- treats his body like a temple. Yeah, he, he spends 50. one point five million dollars on his body every single year. So if he could do that, maybe put down the milkshake and pick up a yeah fucking sure. salad. I don't. And the thing is, I don't even know like what his dietary restrictions are. I don't know how he eats. Like with other stars, you see around the league, like the student. Uh, Nikolai Jokic, he drinks like a, a liter of Pepsi every day or a liter of Coke every day or something to that. That's just absurd. Which is disgusting, dude. It's like, so, if he was my superstar on my team, I would be so oh, bro. If I was the gym, I would walk and just smack it out of his hand. Like, what no, the fuck are no, you doing? Just hand him a fucking banana. <laughs> I would in write the that on his contract. <laughs> no, more, like, no, no more soda. No more soda, you fat fuck. Uh, <laughs> no. But Zion, uh, basically. It, it, if you're a basketball fan, you got to be over the moon about this kid because he looked great, and it was in a very small sample size. But it's the most excited I've been about basketball in a long ass time, which is you know sort of a byproduct of the fact that the Rockets are absolutely trash right now. But Russell Wilson though. conversation Russell Westbrook, though. conversation for another day. All right, that is all we have for you today. We are going to go save this <laughs> and back it up to thirty five different locations. This is like our Horcrux, man. This is all correct. Yeah. So we need I'm gonna like bury my soul into this, <laughs> se- separate into 35 different pieces. We- we'll be back <laughs> next week to talk some Super Bowl uh, and all the festivities, halftime show, which I just found out from a pretty good source. I think it's featuring Shakira and uh, Jennifer Lopez. Who told you that? I told you that, man. And I'm I doubted you too. All I'm all about it, them man. hips, dude. Hips don't lie on both of those females. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing Thank you guys for tuning in We'll catch you next time See ya Well my buckle makes impressions On the inside of her thigh There are little feathered Indians Where we tussle through the night If I'd known she was religious Then I wouldn't have came stone To the house of such an angel Too fucked up to get back